0: Yo, what's good, Counter Currents episode, Deuce Foe? Your main man, host Petey Steele in the building.
1: And your main woman, host Elena Torres, also in the building. We're back in the very beautiful conference room today, upstairs at D.C. Draft House. And we have a very special guest. Everybody, please welcome, with a big round of applause, the hilarious D. Ahmed!
0: hey Thank you. Hi, everybody. It was great to see you back here, man. Likewise, man. It's it, good to be back. It, you know, I bumped into you last Friday here at the D.C. Draft House, just kind of hanging around in the foyer, shooting the shit. I hadn't seen you in a really long time. Yeah. I thought, man, you know, Did he quit comedy? I knew that wasn't true because you've got (laughs) big things going on, but I kind of felt like in spirit, and I feel similarly to myself to some degree, Mm -hmm. I've throttled back on doing like the open mics every night and stuff, and I mostly look at like paid gigs and shit, and it's kind of a weird limbo. It's a strange place to be as a comic with only a little more than five years in, like I probably should mm-hmm. be hitting the fucking pavement a little bit harder. But um, then good again, thing. good things happen, and you kind of tend to put your wingtips up a little bit. Um <laughs> And I feel like that may have happened to you a little bit. Yeah. Tell everybody what you've been doing. Well, like, I
2: got really lucky. Um, I worked with iHeartRadio, and they essentially asked me if I wanted to go on tour with them again. And I did a tour with them last year. It was, like, four dates. Not that big of a deal, but it was different because, like, I'd never been flown to a place just to go do shows. And I was going walking around the town, and they already knew who we were. And it was pretty nuts. But this past year, this past summer... It was, like, five or six dates. We still have one left, and that'll be up in Columbia, Maryland. But we were doing Tampa, and then we did uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and then we did the Warner Theater. That was pretty awesome and kind of insane because, like, it was just weird. Like, there was security in the back, and they, like, knew our names and our faces, and we got lucky to go and get on that stage. And then once I, like... Got finished with the first real leg of the tour, I was like, well, what do I want to do? And I want to go back to Mike's, kind of, but not as much. And I was trying to figure out what else I could do. So I started talking with intern John with uh, 99.5 and like iHeartRadio, and he said, just start writing. So I started writing a series, and then once I finished writing the series, I got to pitch it up to a couple of people in New York shout outs to them for the connect and everything and then once i pitched it to them they said that they wanted to try to like keep me available and on their docket so they were like well if you're always available to like skype with us and go up to new york or go out to la you should probably like quit the nine to five and like just get a bar gig and Mm -hmm. then we can like use you as an asset and then try to sell the stuff that you're creating and that was the goal and i still got to do tour dates and get paid for that so that was fun but, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's so
1: cool. I like that because it's not the traditional, like, DC comic route. You know, I feel like I've seen a lot of DC comedians sort of reach a certain point doing the open mic thing mm-hmm. or, you know, sort of like the politics of the scene for a while. And then eventually they move to New York or L.A. Yeah. And then and they like, start, then up they again start over from there. Mm-hmm. And I like I think what you're doing is a lot smarter because you're in contact with all that and traveling a lot Mm -hmm. and keeping yourself open and also writing is a great way to get work that's what I do for my nine to five yeah I like
2: the I like the writing like the freedom of it and like having an office everywhere is like awesome and then on top of that still writing for myself like and my jokes and what I want to write I found out that I'm I'm trying to explore doing stand-up with just a longer format of jokes rather totally. than the short punchlines that I tried to do before. Right. And I d- want to steer clear of like all of I don't know those tropes of making fun of yourself so much that it just sounds like you're p- beating yourself up in front of people. So once are I you
1: are you on the uh, the what's her name the uh, the c- the comedian mm. who's all about what what's her name? You know what I'm talking about? No, the no, Hannah. Which one? Hannah. The the Hannah Montana. No. <laughs> oh my God! I, I sound so stupid. People, what's what's the name of that comedian? She's Australian. She has that special. That's Nanette. Oh, uh, Nanette. Nanette. Yeah, yeah on the yeah, Nanette no, border. border. Watch <laughs> <that> <laughs> shit. No, yeah, no not necessarily. Not <laughs> necessarily Gadsby. on that. No.
0: Hannah
2: Gadsby. Yeah, yeah on that's on right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no. I just started writing uh, like longer stuff, and it, it turned out like it was just stories that I would have written anyways. But now mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, if I can add a couple more punchlines to it, maybe I could do more on stage with it. But most of the people, like the reps that I've talked with and the managers that I've talked with, they've – they told me that I have like a better niche in writing than mm-hmm. I do with stand-up. The stand-up part they like because it shows that I have an original voice, and that was the right. important part. They wanted to find out if I could have uh, a unique thought that I can convey well in front of people, whereas like, if I would just stick to stand-up, that would be my only identity. I needed to see if I could figure out more, and once they told me I could and they gave me the green light, i just kind of been running towards it. That's great. Thanks, that's man.
1: great. Yeah, I think that's super important to be able to do things other than just stand up, because yeah, yeah. stand up is, is like such a specific niche.
2: Yeah, you also like act and everything. Yeah, and I act
1: like and like I also my day job is I write. I do exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is that I sit at home all day and I write all day and I just pitch stuff. Or yeah. write an episode <laughs> here and there. Yeah, most and of it that
2: I'm doing now is like I'm I'm bartending. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm bartending. This is kind of a step backward from where I was going. And then like an hour after I started working, I started talking with this random guy. And he became like a character in one of my right. series. Like in my series. And I was like, why is he so interesting to me? Yeah, <laughs> such a weird background and such a funny like look about him. And I was like, damn it. If I wouldn't have gotten the stupid bar gig, I wouldn't have written about this, and I would have talked shit about my coworkers the entire time. So. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Uh,
2: I like the writing th- side of things. It's fun. I, I still love stand-up, though. Like, right. I really I think enjoy that. And,
1: and the nice thing is that one complements the other. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't necessarily have to do one and not the other one. I will ask you this, though. Like, now that you're doing these sort of bigger tour dates that you're talking about, are you on stage less nights a week? Are you more of, like... Quality over quantity now, do you think, or only how bec- are you approaching that?
2: Well, only because like I'm trying to do like quality stage time, not to say that uh, any stage time isn't quality it's right it's more like I'm trying to pick and choose my spots because I already have the material I want like mm-hmm. to put out when I'm doing a the tour date and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not writing new stand-up like material for like jokes and everything, then it doesn't make sense for me to constantly try to... G- it, I have to be out every night if I'm trying to figure out a new joke.
1: Right. But if I
2: already have the jokes, I just want to fine-tune them and make sure that I'm like ready, I got my pacing, I like know how to take my breaths, and I know how to take my pauses, mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of clocking in, getting ready, and trying to have fun. Uh, rather than like when I'm writing and I'm trying to write new jokes... I found out that I stopped doing the writing on stage thing. Like mm-hmm. I I talked with a comic a couple of weeks ago and they told me, Oh, I like never write anything down anymore. I don't like type out my jokes, I don't write at all. I Sounds just kind of like me. Say, <laughs> <It's laughs> fucking dry snitching on my own podcast, <laughs> <laughs> a <piece> of shit.
0: John, <laughs> 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 and it's uh, iHeartRadio, and I hate that, podcasts. Yeah, you too big
2: for usy? Is no, that what it is? Not even so in the slightest. Now. Yeah. No, really? it's just curly hair, man. <laughs> what, what,
0: when's the Villalago do? Oh, the Villalago. <laughs>
2: I'm not going full Michael Jackson yet. God damn it. <laughs> Fair enough. But
0: yeah, but I don't write that much. I, you know, I try to set a time, and it fails most days. Yeah, and it just I, hits me like I know what it's gonna hit, and then. Powell. Yeah, that like a thing.
2: Uh, no, I don't mind like the when it hits you. Like for me, it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. Like when it hits, I have to sit down and just start writing. Like yeah. I've walked away from conversations mid-sentence because like a joke clicked in my head for the first time in months, and I felt terrible walking away, but it was worth it because now I like have the joke that I wanted, and I got the chance to sit down and write it down. I'll write it all out rather than trying to switch up punchlines every two days because like i didn't like the way the crowd liked it one day and then i liked the way they did it that day and eh i i don't know like it works for me to sit down and write some people are more naturally gifted like yourself pd oh,
1: yeah i i'm i'm like d i have to sit down and r- I, I write it all i mean i approach it more from like an acting perspective where like i write everything down word for word memorize it mm-hmm. and do it yeah and then i'll like go back listen to it Work on the joke, like fix some words, but it's very, I'm very like right memorized. Yeah. Like Not like gifted Petey over here where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it just comes the exact <laughs> way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I remember when I first met Petey. Did you ever tell her like how we met in, when we no. were at the draft
0: house? <laughs> no, I just said he'd be a good you know, adult <laughs> entertainment guest for our podcast. And
2: yeah, uh, how'd so you guys meet? So we were at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. They used to have this open mic that was awesome. I loved it because like, I lived down the street from it, and I would go there every Saturday. I
1: remember. I met you at that mic.
2: And that was when I met Petey. And mm-hmm. it was like, I was maybe a month into doing stand-up, maybe less. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging around with, I think it was Eddie Morrison and andrew timish was there probably and there was just a couple of other people like but we were always like these awkward newbies that would just go huddle around each other try Mm. to jump into a conversation with like the veterans at comedy Mm. and they would just Mm -hmm. be like yeah so we're not talking to you anymore and then Mm. they would just turn away pd was one of the first people that came up to me and he was like okay you don't suck uh (laughs) i'll see you around more
0: uh Go fuck yourself. And then
2: he walked away, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I think we're friends now. I don't well, know. Wow, I
0: don't remember doing that, but it sounds vaguely like something I might have been uh, responsible for. Yeah, it that. was,
2: uh, Eddie <laughs> was telling me the way he met you, and it was, uh, like, oddly similar, and I was like... And then we talked to another comic that doesn't do it anymore, but we asked them, hey, has Petey gone up to you to talk to you yet? And they were like, no, Petey has never spoken to me once. And that was like after a year of him doing it. And he quits shortly after. But yeah, that's yeah, when we well, found if out Petey
1: like PD doesn't talk to people, then they they quit. Yeah, right, how probably.
0: It works.
2: I don't it's a stamp if of if I don't
0: proof. dub yeah. them Print, you know, <laughs> yeah. fucking uh, they're back to shining shoes. you know. Yeah, true. Uh, but that's, yeah, no, that's great. and You've definitely ascended and done some things and done the ups and downs of being an open miker. Yeah, I I and love that. it. And it's just the, the politicking of it
2: sometimes sucks because like you get away from the actual comedy and then you're like, can I be a best friend to all of these people and be you available? Can't. And it's like, no. I can't. No. Yeah, you got to be selfish sometimes. You got to be more interested in the amount of stage time, quality stage time you're getting. And sometimes it's not about like just going out and getting drunk with your friends on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. eh.
1: Has all this changed your goal in comedy in the future? Like as you discover writing, do you think, where do you see yourself in your like ultimate comedy career? I'd like
2: to like write more scripts and get paid for that and not have to go back to a nine to five and then be able to do stand up consistently. I don't see my writing translating to like SNL or something, but I could see it doing well with like short format series, like stuff that could maybe even be built into, I don't know. I don't know. It's just so many different options that are available, but I just want to write a lot and I want to perform a lot and I want to get on really big stages where lights are really bright. And I think that'd be cool. But
0: Fluorescent lights, but I don't want to go back to those. Nah, right, right, one. right. Well, let me ask you this because you were a wrestler at Penn State University, right? I, like, I washed out.
2: Like, I got my ass kicked way too much, and then I basically only went to practice a couple of times, got injured a bunch of times, and then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> right. And what weight class were you wrestling
0: then? It was 125 at the time, wow, I believe. 125. Wow. That's yeah. when I wrestled sophomore year in high school. Yeah, I get it, Peter, You're
2: a bigger guy than me. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs>
0: saying that to. You know, but but that's a hard weight class. Yeah, Yeah,
2: everyone's fast, everyone's smart, everyone. Everything happens quick. Mm -hmm. It was different, Uh, but that was forever ago, man. That was like back in college
0: days. But okay, but uh, do you find that any of that translates into your act? Yeah, at all. What did you learn from? Because that's like an individual sport. Like I know Randolph, for instance, has said that like boxing has. Yeah, taught him a lot of things that he applies to the stage to some degree.
2: Yeah, like practice it does like make perfect. But mm-hmm. there's also like you have to know that you're going to lose eventually. Right. Like you're going to bomb. Bombing wasn't as like life crushing as it should have been when I first started because it was like, oh, I've lost in big matches before. I don't really care afterwards i'm pissed for like maybe an hour and then i'm gonna just say like when can i get back on stage right or when can i get back on a mat and Mm. that was just the way that i looked at it it sucked the first couple of times bombing it sucked even more when i bombed in front of people that knew me because i was like new and they just were like oh so you're not coming to any birthday parties or any of these get-togethers but you're gonna go to a room with a bunch of strangers and do terrible at stand-up comedy and i was like yeah I think mm-hmm. that's me now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know if there are that many similarities. I mean, but... I, mean, I, I don't have to say like,
0: there are. I'm just curious. Eh,
2: it's like the work ethic side of it. Like, you know you have to put in work. Mm-hmm. Like, you get that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, maybe not too much. Yeah. You don't like... I'm not shy in front of a lot of people. And in wrestling, you're like, It's just you and one other person and an entire gym full of people staring and watching to see what's going to happen.
0: I will say, though, before starting comedy, I would show up to parties even as like someone sober and take it over and win them down with jokes. And then after I started doing this and getting a little recognition, I can't stand going to fucking parties anymore unless it's people i like intimately know um but to sit there and listen to people i'm just meeting try to like wow me with their own jokes. (laughs) It's horrible. Especially if
1: they find out that you do comedy. That's what I've noticed. It's like, you do comedy. Oh, my God. The funniest thing happened to me the other day. You you get to use this. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, use this. It's like, I never will. It's ruined parties
0: for me. It'll ruin fucking a lot of things. Like, uh, Conroy and I were talking about how it's ruined AA meetings for the two of us. Really? Yeah, because you go in there, and these guys that go up there, and they get their chip to celebrate their year or whatever, and speak... They don't have an hour, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's such <good. laughs> I know that sounds petty as shit, but it really does change kind of like the caliber of your interactions with people and who you'll spend any time talking to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what I've noticed myself do a lot in social situations since I do comedy, like, I'm way more mean yeah because i will because i because i'll just make a joke about someone to their because i know it's going to make everybody else laugh yeah but it's like this is just an innocent civilian <laughs> mm-hmm. like just i should yeah teacher. i shouldn't yeah. do that look you but need to I be, be
2: sacrificed like, for the laughter You're of these foil. other people right
1: but i will just <laughs> fuck with someone because i i'm so addicted to mm-hmm. getting that laugh now, yeah. that in a social situation, I'll just like rip into some dude who yeah. like thinks he's super funny. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's and, awesome. and
1: <laughs> I look l- and my husband so many times has had to be like, shut the fuck up. Stop like, me what me. are you like? You're being so embarrassing. I'm like, everybody's laughing though. He's like, yeah, but that guy's never gonna want to do a deal with me again. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well. See, yeah. they're
0: lucky. I'd never go to a party after I bombed. Because I'd fucking use that as a prime opportunity to mm-hmm. shit all over. Totally. People <laughs> totally. To, laugh, to get the laugh I missed like two hours previously. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah totally. It could be like a Tarantino film. Yeah. You're shitting on all these people and it's like three hours prior. prior. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're shitting at all
1: these people with like bright red eyes. Like. Yeah
0: i will totally write
2: this spec script of like yeah. <laughs> you just yelling at people because <laughs> i think that'd be hilarious yeah. uh i found the comedy has made me super blunt with people like right, i get exactly. short with like conversations that i get bored with and i think people think i just have really bad add but it's not that at all i just don't like being around them when i feel like the conversation has hit all the peaks that it's going to yeah and it's just gonna get boring from there on out and i'm like this was fun. And then I just walk away. And yeah. my sister told me that I did that to one of her friends, and she thought that I was like autistic or something. She was like, is there something wrong with your brother? And she's like, no, why would you say that? And he's like, well, he just walks away mid-conversation if he doesn't feel like talking anymore. And she's like, do you want him to stand there and be mean to you? Because that's what he's going to probably do next. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, thank you for backing me up, sister. Yeah. That's about mm-hmm. it. I don't. I, I like conversating with random people and everything. Bars, it forces you to do it, but at right. the same time, some of that shit gets boring. It's just <laughs> <own> yeah, boring. <laughs> like, the same ten conversations I feel like are constantly happening with the same thirty people, and it's always r- repeating the same ten different things. And it's just like, ugh, I already know all the backstory with you. I already know what you're planning to do. Uh, right. I'll we are. We already talked you I can't about the weather. Stand
0: talking to, though, we're like brand new open micers, you know? Yeah, because it's, it's so end-all-peel with like, so like at the time. You know, it's like being a hot girl, and you've heard the same fucking pitch from, like, 30 different douchebags, <laughs> you know? And I'll never forget, <laughs> like, fucking doing this one night, and then Christian Escoda, who's actually, I like, and has turned into, like, a semi-decent comic. He's I such remember. a sweet guy. A nice guy he's a nice but I remember he guy. came yeah. up to me after one set, you know, and it wasn't bad set, but he's like, hey, Pete, I just couldn't help but tell you, I really thought of, like, this one way to kind of punch this thing up, you know, I'm like, you've been doing this like two months. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, Escoto. I'll take your card, yeah. you know. Like, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was there when that happened. Yeah, I think um, you were. That I was, was like,
2: it. I looked at him and I was like, why would you give notes to a comic you don't really know? And <laughs> Like, that's just random. And yeah. he's like, I know. oh. Uh, I thought... Ah, God, Christian. I I know he meant well. No, I know (laughs) he did. I love the guy.
0: I have no problem with him, but I just thought that was just one funny type of example that's happened too often, I think.
2: I I can't stand notes from people I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't mind him. If I ask someone, like, hey, could you help me out? Like, I can't figure this joke out. That's the, like information like i pr- i appreciate but if it's someone i don't know i feel like they're just trying to tell me the, the my joke in their voice which is not what i want to do in the first place
1: oh i know and it's never to me it's never like the people that i think are the funniest that are giving me notes <laughs> like I, i've noticed that like the people who i really admire who i'd be like you know what that's a great comic mm-hmm. and that note you know they really know what they're talking about it's never someone like that yeah Uh It's always someone that I'm either really ambivalent about or have never met before.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like, I've been finding, like, meeting newer comics. Like, what I like doing now, because I still have to, like, work out jokes for, like, with tour dates and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I go to an open mic, and there will usually be someone barking for, like, one of uh, Jack Coleman's shows Mm -hmm. or for one of Sean's shows. Mm -hmm. And the new guy that's barking, they've never seen me before. They've never, like, we've never met. So I always just take the like flyer that they give, and I'm like, oh, is the comedy show here? Cool. And then I go in. I try to wait and hope that they see me when I'm on stage, because mm-hmm. then I find it to be hilarious. Because then they're like, oh, he already knows what he's doing. I hate that guy now. Like it's just funny because their entire mood changes. Ah, sorry. I I had thought about this like for a week because someone, flyered for a show and then said I was being a dick, and then they saw me do stand-up, and then they were, like, really nice to me afterwards, yeah. and it was really <laughs> weird. And I was like, who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> it's like this weird two-faced look on people. It's just funny to see, like, when you see it, like, so blatant, but,
1: yeah. I just, I, I still get a little bit jealous of new comics, because, like, I remember that feeling, because when I was new, I was convinced that by now, I you know, this many years in, that I'd be, like, super famous, by the way, two and almost a half years in I thought that I'd be you know have a Netflix special and they all think Mm -hmm. that like you don't start unless you have that delusion yeah and then you lose that delusion some years in so I see like their smile and that delusion like I'm passing out flyers now you just wait in six months I'm gonna be opening for Dave Chappelle and I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm so jealous of that
0: Uh, it's It's a craft you know
1: yeah yeah I'm so but (laughs) I'm so I'm so jealous of that that na- it's not naive, but just like that confidence, you yeah. know. Like I wish I still had that, you know. And and you're really nice to everybody. I don't know when I started, if I was you like really nice. Still had that
0: though. You'd probably be like Tom Myers walking around, you know. Mm-hmm. You wake up tomorrow. It's twelve years later, and you're still talking about you know your leather coat and yeah, maybe <laughs> you're fucking passing out business cards from. You know, cardboard ink. <laughs> right, right,
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> trying <laughs> to pitch some kind of, like, road gig way out in York, PA, or a right. bringer show or something. I, I, I think a level of delusion initially is fine, but then it's got to be stripped down. Because some of these things now, like, that I thought, oh, yeah, that's a perfect, brilliantly fucking funny thought. I know there's people out there that think just like me. But then you take it to the stage, you get jack shit, and then yeah. you just say, oh, no, I got to articulate that thought better. And then the more you do it, the less you're like, all right, that's just horseshit, and that that's actually, okay, this is an attempt. And it might have been valiant, but it didn't mm-hmm. do it. And then right. you say, okay, there's the payoff. And the better you get at recognizing that, it becomes, like, instinctual. Like, I'll h- think of a premise in my mind now and just be like, that's bullshit. Before I even put it on paper. I'm right. like, there's nothing I can fucking do with that. So just stop thinking about it. Don't right. torture yourself. Let's just keep thinking or whatever. <laughs> I like the torture now, part of it. <laughs> like I, I, that's, that's just what I've found. Um. Mm-hmm. Everyone always feel free to disagree with me, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think I put that pretty succinctly. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think you did. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I feel like bombs sometimes now hurt harder than they did when I was newer. Because when I was newer, you it's easier to blame them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. like, oh well, the room sucked, and you know they don't see my vision yeah. or whatever. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> you know, and my now brilliance. and now when I bomb, I know it's one hundred percent my own fault.
2: Yeah, they You get, they know, get and I know bigger. it's because
1: I delivered this shit. Like, I know more why it happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than I used to. And, you know, there's a certain, like, th- there's a lot of responsibility in that. There is. You know, like, you gotta, wow, that I, fu- I fuck that up. No one else did.
2: Yeah, I think my first time realizing how bad I bombed was when I, like, because I record all my sets. Mm-hmm. And I always, I hate listening to my voice, let alone, like, listening to we when all do. I. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. realized that about comics. Everyone
0: doesn't like their own voice, do they? Uh, even non-comics. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I've had friends that won't come on a podcast because they're like, I don't like the sound of my voice, and I don't want everybody in the world to be able to hear them. Like, dude, it's only going to be like 25 yeah, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Everyone in the world doesn't give a fuck about your voice. Just yeah. relax. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the uh, the part that like freaked me out was when I heard myself bomb one time. And I've only listened to it once and I was just like, don't ever do this again. It was when I was at the uh, was at the draft house and I got drunk before like the show mm. and no. I thought I was trying to be like Altie, and it, no, I was just drunk and I was swearing <laughs> my words yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the f- what is wrong with you? And I just listened to it once, immediately deleted it, took a break for like a week and a half and sat in a corner and cried about it like the dumb set and the dumb jokes. I think it hurt even more because Randolph like, came up to me afterwards and he's like, whatever
0: that was, don't do that again. And, <laughs> and then he walked away. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> That's totally his style, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever that was, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> he's like that even when he's giving advice. Oh and yeah. you do it and then afterward you get off. You're like, Hey, that was pretty good
1: advice. I know it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's done that to me. He, he, he yeah, once again, exactly once he's like know. he once he comes up to me, he's like, You think too much after I didn't do that well, he's like, You think too much. I'm like, Yeah, I know you're right. He goes, Yeah, I know I'm right walks away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Well
2: uh it's it's always nice to like get his opinion about a set and stuff. I I always like appreciated compliments from comics, but I think the highest praise a compliment that one comic can give to another one is just to be like, Man, fuck you, I gotta go on after you or like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hate is a great compliment. Exactly. Makes me so happy. I've only seen it happen like a couple of times where like one person crushes Another person, you can see them physically getting
0: angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to go on stage. Yeah, yeah one of my favorite stories about hating on me um, that I love to tell. I don't think I've ever told it on here, but it was the second open mic they were doing at the improv. It's about three years ago. Yeah. And I show up there. I'm not on the list or nothing. Conroy introduces me to Antoine. Antoine goes into the back while they're doing roll call and says, hey, can anybody vouch for Petey Steele? And according to Max Rosenblum, Conroy's hand goes up. Max puts his hand up. Everybody else in the room that included very good comics and then some I consider friends and all this shit just kind of look at each other like, <laughs> uh what do we say and then Edwards like okay he's going to do 5 minutes put him there whatever and let me know like yeah it's a big competition and these people were fucking shook and they damn well were right to be because I had the set of the night that fucking night and uh I learned that story later and it made it all the fucking more like <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> exalted yeah. for me you and, know um yeah, it's like Nietzsche said. What is it? Uh there's nothing more offensive than meritorious arrogance for merit in and of itself is offensive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Isn't me. that cold? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, in case you
1: guys were wondering if this podcast is intellectual, we just quoted Nietzsche everybody. Just yeah. wanted to let you know. Boom. <laughs> by we I mean Petey. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I, I don't I think there's only like been a few people that have been like blatantly mean about like uh my stand up to my face but it's usually people just talking shit behind each other's backs like it Mm -hmm. it, which is totally fine i guess it's just part of the culture i guess of stand up but whenever it happened to my face it always made me laugh when i found out who it was because there was one guy he kicked over that trash can i don't want to (laughs) say his name and give him any clout but you know who i'm talking about yeah we do he fucking uh told me he was like you have it easier than I do in stand-up and I asked him why and he's like because you're uh well you have an in, you have an interesting background yeah. and you're you're, you're different black. than the rest of it. you're black yeah you're black and I was like fucking
1: hell I've had a white guy say to m- say that to me because I'm a girl yeah. I'm like, it's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. shit. No. <laughs> I can't
0: tell you how many black people have told me that because I'm a wigger, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that
2: shit still like ate at me for like a year. And then it was weird because we would be going to the same mics and being around each other. Yeah. And, and I was like, why is this happening? And then he got a huge head and I was so glad to kind of just remove myself from his circles. It was Really therapeutic because there is something about him that just always was angry, and pissed off, and entitled. That w- I just could not understand how he thought he had every right to do and say everything that he did. Eh. Yeah, no m- reason to give that kid any more clout. There <laughs> it is. Right. Yeah, this is good talking to you guys. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. We're <laughs> really just you know
0: hashing <laughs> shit out, right, chopping right, it right. up, dicing it. Out, yeah, exactly. Spicing it. Man. Um. Definitely, we got a lot of things here at this point in the action. We'll cut in just brief segue at the d c and Arlington Draft House. Make sure to like our counter currents Facebook page as well as the Instagram currents dc as well as our twitter fear currents dc's twitter and countercurrents is yes Instagram. yeah insta insta's countercurrents and yes. be in the running to win tickets to luke knoll at the uh, arlington cinema draft house this friday uh we'll give out three free pairs of tickets uh put your name on there and we'll raffle it off um coming this week at the dc draft house we got a lot of great shows for you guys uh this thursday no excuse me this wednesday the 24th we have funny over everything comedy showcase with omar terrell um looks like Corey jack stacks eva evans uh seems like one of those kind of d ahmed mm. things you know <laughs> one, those, <laughs> one those, of those those d. Ahmed those, those advantaged comedians yeah. Things Just, um, that's gonna be at <laughs> what is it uh, eight o'clock? Uh, you can buy tickets at DraftHouseComedy dot The twenty fifth. Uh, th- we have Speechless, hosted by Josh Caderna and Tim Miller, 7 o'clock. Bike tickets there, as well as tickets to Ross Benoit's Smiley Frown live podcast at 8.45
1: p.m. <laughs> yeah, you can see him experiment with night. that. And if you guys like it, you can inquire to us on Facebook and Twitter and say, we want to see you guys live.
0: That's right. Let us know. Yeah. We're happy to do the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the 25th, Jimmy Pardo. Never Not Funny Podcast. Excuse me, the 26th, 7 p.m. That's a Friday. Uh, Never Not Funny Podcast, 7 o'clock. You can buy tickets again at DrafthouseComedy.com.
1: So, uh, and then, of course, that same Friday, the 26th, you've got Haywood's uh, oh, Great yes. Attack of the Comic I Show at 10.45 p.m., favorite. which is going to be really great this Friday. It'll also feature your favorite podcast co-host myself i'll be on that show so you guys should come check it out Woo-hoo. and then on saturday of course the three guys on open mic where all of us met uh that has now moved to dc draft house and that's it both those shows are ten forty-five. uh attack of the comments is on friday three guys on is on saturday
0: bam lots of cool shows yeah mm. yeah. so Diamond, what what is the near future hold for you well on uh,
2: november 10th uh, I believe it's called like the soundry stage in Columbia, Maryland. I'm going to go feature for intern John again with, uh, I Heart radio. I believe, uh, Eric V., who I think you know somehow.
0: Yeah, Eric V. I went to high school with him for a year, I think middle school, a couple years.
2: Yeah, he's going to do time, too. Is he <laughs> like really? Yeah.
0: I didn't know he had time. I've never seen him do a mic once, but that's cool. He was a decent uh, offensive lineman back <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I, mean, <when laughs> I was told he was a
2: good football player as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's on that show. Uh, I believe Kyle Cromer will be on, too. Um then Shelby Sauce, as well as uh, Intern John himself. Other than that, a lot of writing. Nothing really big planned after that. I kinda wanna just, I wanna go travel, like do something crazy, take a month off, go to Europe or something.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. Nothing. Europe, so where do you wanna go in Europe?
2: Uh, I have a sister that's in um, Amsterdam right now, but she was in Germany before, and she said drop by. If you can, uh, your birthday's in December, come hang out, I'll be around. And it'd be cool to like hang out with her. I haven't seen her in, uh, wow, like a year, or a year and some change. She went like completely off the rails with the idea of like, I don't want to be in the States anymore. And then just packed up and moved to Europe. And then she's been there since. And she says she loves it. Now, so. is this the that's one that cool. listens to our podcast, or is that the one that... Different sister. Okay. Yeah, yeah you have a lot of sisters, yeah. right? Too many. Five sisters. Five
1: sisters. It's five sisters and you.
2: Five sisters, me, and two brothers.
1: And two brothers. That's right. That's wow. right.
2: Yeah, I I don't know why my parents had that many kids. They should have just stopped at me. They would have been rich. <laughs> like, so
1: much inspiration for writing, though. So, so wait, many different characters. So which number
2: of the, the eight are you? I'm number five. Okay. Yeah. Right I'm in the, the middle. Oldest of the second half right nice. so very much big brother to a
0: few of them very much baby brother to m- most of them yeah, i nice. was glad my parents stopped with me you know look out for number one
1: lucky man oh good for you <laughs> i'm i'm the <laughs> oldest i'm the oldest of three girls so i have two younger sisters yeah. that i have to keep in line all the time
0: yeah i saw a recent uh, instagram photo of the triplicate Tourist. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've got some uh, introductions to make. Oh, <laughs> uh, chill, chill. I've already told them,
1: no comedians. One was visiting for a few days this week, and I took her to shows, and it was like in and out. No socializing at all. As mm-hmm. soon as my said it was done, you're getting out of here. Yeah,
2: I... Basically, did the yeah. same for one of my sisters that went to a comedy show. It was very awkward. Yeah, I, I didn't like it at all because, like, everyone's like, "Man, your sister's hot," and then I was like, "She looks exactly like me, man." Yeah. That's <laughs> real weird that you would say that to my face.
1: Yeah, but I just, I just get them out of there as quickly as possible.
2: Yep,
0: probably a smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, good. Well, D, thank you for coming on. This has been a fantastic time to kind of catch up yeah yeah thank it's you. great to see you likewise it's nice to know
1: you're doing well
0: i
2: appreciate it it's cool to be on part of this like i've heard great things about your podcast oh, thank
0: you. a few episodes this is awesome keep it going yeah, thanks yeah. so much definitely definitely come back. To. yeah we sure do intend I mean, to I just put down a fucking five CNO down payment yeah there. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just got a big down <laughs> d- down
1: payment my contract just got renewed Hell yeah, so that's <laughs> <awesome. well>. yeah <laughs>
0: So, bada-bing, bada-boom. Um, and also, be on the lookout, everybody, for uh, me and Adrian Rodney are starting a show here at the D.C. Draft House starting this November the 8th. Oh, it's nice. It's going be at 7.30. And our first show, Lafayette Wright's, going to be headlining. Eddie Morris, so it'll be on Chelsea Short and uh, I believe Karagu, Beata. Nice. Uh, from Baltimore, so we're gonna have a good time, and you know it'll be free, and yeah, it'll be our monthly thing. No pulp comedy. We've got an ill flyer coming out soon, nice. courtesy of Mr. Van Gogh. So you know what it is, you know what to do. Um, thank you for tuning in again. To yes. Thank episode you, everybody. Dos Quatro. And hey, uh, look at I'm this PD Spanish. Steel.
1: I'm Elena Torres.
2: And I'm D. Ahmed. Peace. Peace.